Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. We're live from the Wells Fargo Center for the Sweet 16. Um, but we're not. We're in the studio, in the basement. Do we name it yet? Nah. Damn it. Jeffrey, hello. Hi, man. How are you? Good on. Excited for this? I am. Nervous? I'm not nervous. I'm um, nervous. I think there's nothing on the line for me. But there's. I, I already spotted a few things that are on the line for me. Both personally and what you two are going to do to me. Well, I'm not Speaking busy. of what you two, our third host, mm-hmm. Brother Pete, what's up? Yo, yo. On the, uh, on the uh, Batman Beyond didn't get mentioned in the Batman War Games hotline. Was there a Batman Beyond movie? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't know that. The, uh, what's it called? The Return of the Joker? I don't know. I never got into Beyond. Oh, love me some Beyond. I like them in the comic books. But... It was uh, per- a perfect graduated from Batman the Anime series. I was like 13 or 14 when Beyond came out and went right into yeah. that. Okay. I was probably like a little older then. But still, I would have. That statue's awesome. I would have. Yeah, it's a good statue. I've just, you've had it for yeah. many years. I look. I like that look. Yeah, you had that statue in our apartment, didn't you, Vinny? In oh, Providence? yeah. I got that as a gift from the old WB store. Nice. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Remember that? No. But I, I... I think it was in... I think it was in the Willow Grove Mall. Oh, man, I don't remember. I vaguely remember there being one in Atlantic City. Yeah, there was one in Willow Grove Mall. Huh. You got a lot of Tasmanian Devil plushes from there. Oh, wow. You're big and Taz guy. Big Taz guy. Um, went on a streak of, at a very young age of getting, like, WB silk boxer shorts. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Tweety Bird. <laughs> yeah, Tweety Bird wearing the uh, backwards cap and like the Marky Mark pants. Silk boxers in the summer, not a good item. Just so you know. Honestly, they were never a good idea. Yeah, I mean, they were super comfortable. Yeah. But, uh. As long as he didn't move. Yeah, as long as he didn't move. Hmm. They got bunched up something awful. Uh, all then, boxers did. That's why I got off them. And then, um, in the summer, when you got swamp ass and some moisture going on, they just. Rip mercilessly. Yeah. High school is when I got off the boxers, and I was like, this is brutal. Like, you'd be sitting in class, and I went to Catholic school, so I'm in a uniform, and it's already uncomfortable, oh, yeah. and yeah. you got the bunching, or yeah. you're wearing your flannel boxers for whatever reason. Maybe that's all you had left. It's just like, this is not fun. So I went back to briefs for a minute, colored ones, not tidy whities And then... Never went briefs. But then the, uh, the boxer briefs came around, and that was good. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think I might have went back to boxers for a bit. But then when I discovered the joy of the boxer brief, I was like, well, this is the best thing that ever happened. And now we have the moisture wicking, like Under Armour material yeah. boxer briefs, and they're just game changer. Yeah, I can't understand anyone wearing boxers still. God, do they even make them anymore? Yeah, I, they you do. Know, you, you know, I have like two pair. Are they like emergency and, style? You know, I, I feel like we all have that like... Uh, there's like the pair of socks you never want to wear, but you still keep. Yeah. And the, and same with the same with there's like one pair of boxers where like the the crotch looks like a fishing net, but like you're like you're like I I just can't I can't I part can't with them. With yeah. The question is over under how many people turn this episode off? Oh god, at least if six. we if if every for every ten people six have turned it off. <laughs> All right, don't worry. This is not all we're discussing this evening. Um, we want to dive into first here. You uh, should talk about your beer because this <coughs> thing is fun looking. Oh uh, yeah, very fitting. 
for what's going on in the bracket. <clears throat> we have Ace of Spades Imperial IPA from Hopworks Urban Brewery in Oregon. Um, Hopworks is very much known for their IPAs. They put out a lot of bangers. And uh, first time I saw this on a, on a beer can, Salmon Safe Certified Brewery. Site. Just reading that. Good for them. You know what? You got to watch out for this salmon. The great salmon of the Capistrano. The Pacific Northwest. Pete, what do you got? I just cracked open a... Mm, smells really good. Three Floyds Brewdoo. Brewdoo? I never heard of that one. <laughs> Doo -doo. Um Three Floyds out of Indiana. Um... It's an American Pale Ale, I believe. Okay. That's a shame about them because I would love to go to Three Floyds, but I'm never going to be in fucking Indiana. What's out there? Nothing. Three yeah. Floyds. <laughs> Gary? Um, home of Michael Jackson? This beer is it, nice, though. It is. Yeah. Indiana is just the passing through point to get to... Chicago? Chicago yeah. and, and uh, Michigan. Never this been is, anywhere. I have not Ace of traveled. Spades, quite flavorful and smooth. Yeah, very nice. You can, tell, um, you can tell it's Imperial, though. I don't know what the ABV is. It's not in the can. I do want to do some traveling, though. I want to get somewhere. I'm going to Poughkeepsie. That'll be fun. That will be fun. Are we going to do a little episode from up, up there? Yeah, probably. I think uh, so. I've heard good things. I heard it's a bit of a college town. I had no idea. Going to meet the future ex-Mrs. DiBattista? Of course. Bring her down here? They're all over this country. Mm. I mean, I haven't left the East Coast, but they're around. <laughs> well, maybe they spread out after. Oh, they're around, right. Man, I should, I, I should have many ex-wives by now. <laughs> I drove by uh, the exit for Poughkeepsie uh, my last road trip. Nice. I go to the lake while in Paw Pack, which is only about an hour and a half away. That's about as close as I've ever gotten. Like we get their uh, rock station. It's great. D. Snyder's House of Hair. Where are you guys staying? An Airbnb. Uh, oh. I don't even know where, to be honest. I mean, I'm not familiar. Right outside with the of town. town. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the town at all. So, I was I was pushing hard for the Airbnb so we can get our own beds. Mm -hmm. Shane was upset because we're not going to get the uh, continental breakfast. Yeah. But we'll also have like a couch. Yeah, so we can just like chill. I'm I'm never awakened when the breakfast is still offered. Yeah, like I'm sleeping until it's absolutely time for me to get yeah. out of there. I'm like, when's checkout? Ten minutes from now. Perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's gonna be the other clutch thing about the Airbnb. Potentially, I didn't look to see if it's like three bedrooms or a pull-out sofa. No, I'll sleep on the couch. I don't really care. No, I'm saying we should put Shane on the sofa so we can close our fucking doors. Why? Keep him away. He's going to wake our ass up or oh, yeah, fuck back at dawn. Like, oh, boys, I got eggs frying. Yeah, he's he's a uh, go-getter. I'm the opposite. we got to hit the road. I don't ever see myself becoming a morning person. Nope. Nope. No matter how long you do it, it never becomes easy. And you and you are. I mean, I mean, not like you go. You work morning shifts. No. A lot. Yeah, I work six oh, a.m. Yeah. shifts basically my entire last year for the most part. You know, with the sprinkling in of some like twelve thirties. But yeah, you never get used to it. I can go to bed at six o'clock and still wouldn't be like refreshed in the morning. Um. With the morning person thing, although on my day off this week, I got up at 9 a.m. because we were getting an estimate from a contractor, and then I started like working outside, and then it was noon, and I was like, God damn, I accomplished a lot already today. Well, yeah, you can get stuff done. That part was nice. But I don't have anything to get done. I live in an apartment. I don't have to worry about... You can come over here and help me chop wood? I mean, 
Okay. Chopping wood. I was chopping wood. Had the chainsaw out. Ooh, maybe I will come over. That sounds fun. I saw you parked all weird next to the wood pile. I don't like being under that tree. Yeah, I think of that tree. Yeah. All right, anything on the music front? Not really, man. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Well, not a lot of podcasts. Trying to catch up on one podcast. Um, what have I listened to? Um, we got some concerts coming up and yeah. some potential other ones. In the I mean, line. I listened to the new Cancer Slug and the new Ghost Records, and they're both solid. The Cancer Slug one's great. I thought the Cancer Slug was great. Uh, the Ghost one is surprisingly good. I did not expect it to be that good. I can't believe we missed that sh- them with Mayhem. That was Midnight. Oh, what did you say? Ghost? Ghost. I heard Midnight for some reason. Yeah, you're all sorts of... Um, yeah, I don't like Ghost anymore. But um, you like them? You don't like them for a terrible reason, though. Yeah, but then everything just compounded on that. We already went over this. I know. But yeah, definitely check out the new Cancer Slug. Give the new Ghost a listen. You'll enjoy it. You know who loves Ghost? Who? Ryan Terror. Yeah, well, everyone loves Ghost because they're pretty damn good. Mm. I Pete? do not. Yeah, answer. No, Pete doesn't like anything. He likes a lot of things. Nah. <laughs> um, what concerts we got coming up? We got Wednesday. Wednesday 13 and Doyle in the aforementioned Poughkeepsie, New York. That's really it. I'm going to Outer Heaven on Saturday with um, Cerebral Rot. It is... And Sean's going with you, right? I believe so, as far as I know. Um, Cerebral Rot, I think, from what I've heard, it's like their first trip to the East Coast, so it's a big deal. All right. Nice. And I'll do some brewery check-ins out. I'm going to head down and check out Evil Genius and Other Half and... Um, I'm sure there's something you, else. You uh, human robot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm gonna head down like one o'clock. Pete, you got any concerts coming up? No, I just did. Um, this past Saturday, I um went with my brother to see. Uh, so the opener was uh, a band called No uh, Bad Omens, and they were okay. They they they, they I didn't know them, but the, they, the people in the crowd knew them. They got pretty riled up for them. And then the band we were there for was Spirit Box, who is pretty awesome. They're like heavier. Like if Evanescence had screaming instead of screaming and singing instead of singing and rapping. It was rapping in Evanescence? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't listen to Evanescence. I don't know. I just remember that one popular song they had. Yeah. Well, that's probably the only one. It's not, I guess it's not really rapping. It's just it's like, like new metal of, rapping. Yeah. Oh. But uh, no, it's, it's just like this spirit box is just like really fun uh, first of all the the singer is gorgeous she's a, she's got blue hair and she sings beautifully and screams awesomely mm. um so we saw them and then it was actually under Oath's headlining show tour show and um you know i was into their like first three four albums i guess and kind of dropped off and so I let we we stayed for like half their set, and uh, it was cool just to see you know people out at concerts and enjoying themselves again. Uh, it's one of the bigger shows I've been to, even though I've been to a couple show, other shows this month. Um, so it was cool to see I, some one guy just like doing cocaine like right in the middle of the crowd. Damn, it's like oh don't see that much anymore. What was he doing? Like um, the old like put it on, keep, in between keep the finger. Bumps. 
Ah, okay. He's, okay. He's doing key, but he just like pulled out this little thing and was doing key bumps, just like, like you gotta watch it in a crowd. Like not, someone not bumps caring. your elbow. Seri- well, it was between sets, but still, I mean, yeah. that's uh, when people are moving back and forth. So yeah, I wouldn't want. I'd be pissed if someone hit my elbow. Any, anyway, so that was interesting, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I was with my brother, so I didn't. I wasn't. Uh, I was just. Um, Keep it, taking it easy. Didn't have any drinks. Or <laughs> I think you're gonna say I was with my brother, so I had asked him for a bump. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but uh, it was at, no, it was at the Fillmore, and it's funny. It's like, first of all, don't you remember? Like, you never used to be able to bring drinks out on the concert floor. You know, but now places don't give a shit. Which is like, I like that, but now, but I also don't like like stepping on beer cans all the time and like my feet being all sticky. Yeah, that's true. Um, and everything smells like weed now. I feel like I sound like an old man. But... You do. Go yell at the clouds, bud. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no. So it was cool to see, you know, the scene out uh, alive again. It was pretty full show. Um, so anyway, we enjoyed ourselves even though we left early. But um, That is some old man stuff. Jeez. Well, I was with my brother, and he's even older. So okay. he was, he's like, oh, I love leaving. I love leaving through for like halfway through the headliner when I don't really care about them. Yeah. But I mean, under oath, you know, we, we got to hear a couple songs that um, I knew. So I, I, you know, I enjoyed that. And then they started playing their new, some of their new stuff, which is kind of like, like, like three of the guys had keyboards. I'm like, eh, I'm good. I didn't know they had new stuff. Well, well, they have a keyboardist. And then, and then like the singer all of a sudden had a keyboard and the guitarist had a keyboard. Why, why, do, you, why do you need this many effects? I, I mean, know. it was all, I, uh, like, between the buried and me show I was at, I mean the whole stage was keyboards. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. But that there's they're yeah, they're, they're Yeah, but it's just him that plays the keyboard. Right? No. Like three of them will be playing keyboards at once. Hmm. Yeah. I love Between the Buried and Me. Yeah. Who doesn't love a keyboard? Um, um Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't watch anything either, uh, besides music. I have been, I mean, I've been trying to catch up on my Blu-rays, and then it's like I get caught up in special features for one of them, and then that drags out and ends up being a whole thing. But I'm I getting there. I love the special features. And then halfway to Black Friday's tomorrow, so I'll be buying more stuff from Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be browsing that. Um, watch a few things, which was nice. I um, checked out... A pretty new one, if not brand new, uh, on Hulu called No Exit. Pretty good, like, uh, uh, whodunit kind of story. Um, takes place up in the mountains. A woman is trying to get to her mother who was having, like, a medical emergency. Big blizzard in the mountain. She get the roads closed. She gets put into the visitor center with some other people that are stranded and they discover out in the parking lot in a van is a kidnapped little girl and then it turns into like the you know obviously someone there in the visitor center is the kidnapper who did it who done it uh twists and turns pretty suspenseful um it was fun good watch kept me intrigued edge of my seat um and then it was kind of almost like a relief We've been conditioned for those kind of movies to expect, like, a big, big twist at the end. And the twists are pretty standard and doesn't have the, the big forced one, which was almost 
kind of a relief. And it was uh, good. I definitely give it a watch on the Hulu. Pete, did you watch anything? Um, no, I think I talked about this like an episode or two ago, but on Hulu, watch the movie Fresh. Fresh. Yeah, that's on my list now because you recommended it's, it. It's very interesting, good. I enjoyed it. It's a it's a nice twist. Like not like not like a. It's just a nice. It's a twist on the genre, I guess. Okay. New take. Did anyone? I oh, I know you. I shouldn't say anyone. Pete, did you check out uh, Windfall yet on yeah. Netflix? What do you think? Uh, don't bother. I, th- I thought it was all right. I, I yeah, I was hoping for more. It was very relevant to class today and all that and all the yeah. ref- all the references to the tech billionaires and everything. Yeah. I I the highlights I thought Jesse Plemons was really good. Uh kind of like losing his mind kind of thing on no no sleep. Yeah. Um as a as a hostage. Um but um I thought the ending was very predictable and Steph thought it was a really good twist. You know what? I shouldn't say don't bother. That, that's a, that's an over. Um, it was pretty good. Um, it's another one that know. kept me intrigued. I, th- I thought the yeah. I thought the performances were really good. Yeah. Um, maybe I was maybe I just was in a mood, but no, it was it was good. A movie where yeah, I always not respect great at all, but yeah, it was good. I always respect when they take three actors, put them <laughs> in one location. Yeah. Where they're barely outside, other than in that orange grove. And they keep it captivating. That it, yeah. I always give points for that. Yeah, and and I mean, it was like exactly an hour and a half. If it had been any longer, it would have been way too long. But... Yes, yes. Um, the other one I watched, which Pete, I'm gonna say, I'm fairly disappointed in, in you for not having me watch this in college. Was the Cave from 2005? Not sure I've seen it. Oh, well, I don't know how it missed me because it is very much my bag. It is kind of like Michael Crichton style science, but bad science based, forming an elite team of adventurers and scientists to go discover this underground cave in Romania that is massive and untouched. And the scientists and the explorers get down there. And there's a creature. Of course. <gasps> but this was a very different take on it. Uh, it was super... Super unique. It was kind of like a hybrid of creature feature and the thing going on. Um, I'll say it involves a parasite, but I'll leave it at that. And I had a great time at this. Like, I mean, it was... It had a good budget, so like the it wasn't like a sci-fi channel budget or anything. And they spent some money on it. Um, they built beautiful sets. There was some CGI, but they built beautiful sets in a studio for the cave and everything. Um, no big name actors, but like the familiar faces that you would expect from two thousand five. It is fun. I highly recommend it for both of you. Just a, you know what? It sounds familiar. Maybe I've. 
seen it like part of it on TV, but never all the way through. Like, I don't know how movie. this one slipped through the cracks, and I just hope this keeps happening for the rest of my life, where movies, young and old, slip through the cracks, and I get to discover them. Because 2005 and my love of creature features and and like like again the Michael Crichton science based stuff and aquatic horror, how this was missed by me, I have no idea. Well, it sounds like it's a, it's kind of a, um, of the same time as a release of The Descent, which, oh boy. Well, not, it wasn't as good as that, but. No, but that movie's just so fucked up. So Yeah, good. I know. This, this goes more of the creature feature than the okay. psychological. Okay. But it's basically very deep blue safe. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Shall I do any quotes? So no. you're saying that a shark was trapped in a cave and, and then it and, grew and survived. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the, I mean, no, no sharks, no sharks. It's uh, it's parasite driven. What? But the way the parasite acts is kind of like the thing, and there's creature stuff going on. It's fun. It, is there a uh, late '80s, early '90s hip hop star involved? Uh, there is not, but there's that one guy, I'll pull, he was in everything in early 2000s. Freddie Prinze Jr. No, no, no. I'm trying, I can't remember off the top of my head what. Omar Epps. No, no, no. Seal. Morris Chestnut? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mar old, old guy, Morris Chestnut? I mean, he's old now. Well, he was on Saturday Night Live in like the 70s, Morris Chestnut? No. no. Jesus Christ. Uh, Cole Hauser was in it. I like him from some stuff. Oh, I'm thinking of Garrett Morris. Never the mind. chick was uh, Piper Parabo. Piper Parabu. Parabu. Uh, respect, son. Coyote. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You son of a bitch. Par What's her name? Parabu? Pipe. Pipe. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't get it out now. <laughs> now. What grabbed me to this was Cole Hauser because um, I was digging into some Yellowstone type things. Oh. This was he's uh, in Yellowstone. It's a much younger version of him. Wow. Oh, Lena Lena Headey's in it. Who? Cersei from Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, mu very much younger, almost unrecognizable. It's like it's like oh, she looks familiar, but I can't place it, and then it hits you. It's good stuff. Recommend it. Netflix. All right, I'm about ready. Let's do I'm it. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's dive as well. into this bracket. We're going Sweet Sixteen at the at the time of recording and then the time of release. The Sweet Sixteen for the actual NCAA men's basketball tournament is also happening. So how about that timing, mm -hmm. Jeffrey? All right, buddy. We're going right back into the horror side of things. Listen. Before we get started, I need to see some passion out of you. Dude, I'm, I'm seeing tired. Beat. You better get fired up. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote against something just to get your you don't, your blood flowing. You don't know what it's like to be me, man. I'm tired all the time. Just Showing up here to record in your PJs. How PJs. are we gonna get on YouTube I was if napping. you're gonna record in your PJs? I was PJs. napping on your couch when you came in. Yeah. Maybe you've got mono. Nah. I think I'm just tired. I don't get enough sleep or I sleep too much. It's it's all relevant. All right, so we're going to start it off 
On the horror side, mm-hmm. first matchup's a bit of a doze. We got Halloween versus The Thing. Oh, man. Yeah, John Carpenter battling himself. Yeah, yeah. So I snuck a peek at the bracket. It's not really a sneak. It's it's available for public viewing. All you have to do is ask. I know, but I took a gander. I'm going to go... Unexpected. Because I'm gonna go with the thing. Okay. A couple of reasons. Kurt Russell. Yep, that would be my argument in a nutshell. Um, I mean I do love Jamie Lee. Well just the cast of the thing in general, but yeah, Kurt yeah, Russell. Yeah. yeah. The cast overall beats Halloween. I think Halloween is a certainly a slasher um what's the word godfather Mm -hmm. like i mean it's not the the first we know what the first is Mm -hmm. but it's right up there it's um the the face of the start of it all and we actually talked about it i think in the last time we we did the bracket and other episodes being the first doesn't always make you the best Mm -hmm. but in this case i think it does um, you know, it's one of my favorite movies, but so is The Thing, and we'll talk about it more, but I'm going with The Thing. Alright. Pete, you want to chime in? Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty, probably just repeating myself from the last time we talked about it, but Halloween is awesome. My brother showed it to me when I was way too young, scared the shit out of me. I thought Michael Myers was out to kill me for the first you know, five years after I saw that movie. Um, uh, it's, you know, revolutionary in the way that it uh, does a lot with so little. Um, and it really brings a little bit more so than The Thing, even though The Thing has a great score to it. It's kind of like the most, you know, it does the most with uh, John Carpenter's score capability, I think, um, to the suspense of the movie. Because if you if you subtract that out, you know, then all you have is, you know, lo- these long, you know, long uh, shots that, you know, the the music does everything for that. So, love it. Uh, did so much for. Um, horror and and the continuation of the franchise i'm despite the last installment can't wait to see where the last of this most recent trilogy goes but yeah, the I'm thing very but the thing is uh all in all a better movie i think as far as uh acting because you know they they he brought the thunder with 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 the acting and uh the thing and uh, and a different kind of like actual frightening like images s- images and yeah and uh, and a different kind of sus- suspense where you can't there's nowhere to go yeah you know at least Halloween you can keep running you can keep running you can keep you know there's nowhere to run yeah isolation is a whole other type of fear but with all that. Yeah, craziness going and, on, and it's got a great ending because it's you know I mean you basically know but you don't, um, 
it's not the kind of cliffhanger that you hate. It's the kind of cliffhanger you love. Yeah, they're still talking about it and debating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you didn't really make a choice there, Pete. You just kind of. Oh, oh yeah, I said sure. the, I, I said the thing. Okay. Oh, you're going with the thing. All right. Um, I'm going with the thing as well. So it was under undisputed. Um, now, you mentioned your childhood viewings of Halloween, Pete. But is this one is Halloween? Like, do you revisit that on the regular? Like, what do you think of yeah, it what, as, what, in your what, adult what, years? I I mean, both of these are a yearly watch. Yeah. Um, uh, Halloween. You know, right? You know, sometime in October, I watch it, and um, like the first like really cold day. Mm. Of the, of the year, I usually throw on the thing. I throw on the thing in the dead of heat, like July, August. Cools me down mentally. It's good. It's a good, it's a good way. Our to brother it. Jeff likes to say Halloween's boring. It is. It is not. But it is. I, that movie still completely. The I've seen that movie so many times. Oh God. It is. I own the most physical copies of it out of my whole collection. Captivates the shit out of me still. I it, I love it. It's really good. Just a lot of downtime in it. That's oh, all. Jesus. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's called Halloween. If you're not watching it in October, you're you're a silly person. Fool. All right, moving along. Next, next matchup here. We got Saul versus The Exorcist. Um, I'm going to start with The Exorcist is getting my pick. Saul, like I, I think we talked about it when we, we did it last. I mean, it basically brought horror back from the dead for in the 2000s. But The Exorcist is still scary and relevant and will always be scary and relevant no matter what year it is. It came out in what, 70? 73? I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you seventy something, but yeah, I'm, three would be too early. I'm not sure. Seventy eight, whatever, whatever it was. I mean, it, it's still horrifying, and people legit still will say like, "Oh, it's satanic and it's possessed," and you know, TV preachers are still using it to say horror is evil. <laughs> I'm also going Exorcist. Um, fairly easy one. I I do love Saul. I. I think that was revolutionary in its own way. Um, Definitely was. I mean, it gets, I give it all the credit in the world. Like that ending, like I said, that blew my socks off. The origins of it with how Lee Winnell and, and, um, James Wan, James Wan put it together is like super cool. Is there a student film version of this? Yeah. Well, but you can't see it. You can't. Okay. I was going to ask if you can. Um, it all started as a student film and their professors in school encouraged them to make something of it. And it started it like completely springshot both their careers. Now, I don't particularly like the credit that Saul gets for starting the whole torture porn craze. I think uh Eli Duth Ross I mean uh, Douche Ross Roth, goddamn, started all that and Saul just got lumped in with that. Until later in the sequels, it wasn't really particularly torture porn. But, trendsetter nonetheless, whether it was a good trend or not. But, Exorcist, all the way. Um, so even though, for me, 
uh, my first viewing of Saul scared me more than my first viewing of The Exorcist. Hmm. Um, I'm still going with The Exorcist because um, I think that you know. I, so let me let me say that I don't. I haven't seen every installment of the Saul franchise, but I feel like it. You know, it got they. You know, it was a. It, it went to like the money grab uh, aspect to me, whereas The Exorcist led, as I said in the last time we talked about this, let you know was the was what birthed my favorite uh, genre of horror. So mm. could can't have that without that, and uh, so more certainly more more value came from the exorcist success to the future of horror than Saul, even though I love Saul. There you go. So so another uh three vote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Saul you you were saying about the money grab thing. You knew Saul was going that route and like the third one where they just started bringing up more questions and not answering them and you were just yeah. you like knew it was like uh oh, we're just gonna get this every year now. I like all the sequels. Um I like the second Killing sequel. is distasteful to me. Okay. The next matchup. <laughs> um, P- does that give you uh, PTSD of Rob Banner? Yeah, I just wished him a happy birthday the other day. Maniac on the, on the is, Facebook. is uh, our next movie film, and that's taking on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Maniac versus Nightmare. This is a toughie. Uh, shit. So, Maniac, to me, is, like, just that gritty, scummy, grindhouse, sweaty horror movie that I love. But A Nightmare on Elm Street is the first horror movie that I ever saw and love to this day. This, so... this, this is a doos. It's it's nightmare. Okay, Pete's very decisive here. I mean, I love money. I voted maniac in on the last round, but you know, I, I don't. I, I don't. You guys can elaborate all. You I'll want take it back. Seat. I don't. I, I, I don't feel a need to. I think I would have to go nightmare as well. Uh, I mean, it created a an icon. It's the correct. It's the correct choice. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're I mean, talking that, about the re- we're talking about the remake, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, we're I mean, is there any other version? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's definitely not like nine of these before that, is there? Um. Speaking they, of remakes, not to not to change this, uh, but isn't there an Elijah Wood remake of Maniac? There is. Yeah, it's actually really good. Cool. Did you see it? Yeah, check it I out. have not. I I dropped the ball on it and I, I gotta look it up again it's streaming somewhere. it was on Netflix forever yeah it's actually I mean it's much different it's much artsier much more art house and yeah. very clean cut but it's super interesting yeah I've always heard good things about it and and Elijah Wood like he's one of our people yep I mean he's, he's great yeah he's, he loves the, the genre um but I mean you know Joe Zito uh, is it Joe Zito? Am I saying uh, the mm. guy that plays Maniac? No, um, uh, Joe Spinell. Joe, Joe Spinell. Yeah. Spinell. He didn't get his own hotline in the eighties, so no. yeah, Freddy Krueger <laughs> had hotlines so, and music videos. I mean, and... 
there's not much to say with this one. I'm going yeah. Nightmare 2. Okay. Or it doesn't matter if it's okay. two against one anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's iconic. It's more than just nostalgia. We'll get into it. Maniac, I didn't watch until much later. I get like well into my 20s. Um, but it blew me away with its, its grittiness, its sliminess. It was, it completely sucked me in. It <clears throat> made me almost like scared of New York City without even being there. No without even like, being, like, yeah. I, I, I didn't go to New York City until way late in life. Um, yeah, it's had a, had a strong effect on me. I couldn't tell you the first time I saw Maniac. I just know I saw it and immediately fell in love with it, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it. I wish I saw it when I was, like, a teenager. I probably would have loved it even more. Yeah. All right, next matchup. Candyman versus Dawn of the Dead. Is that Thunder? Oh, very fitting. Oh, my goodness. Not good. Why? I don't like Thunder. I got drive home in this shit. Um... Candyman vs. Dawn of the Dead. Well, I'm not even going to play around with this one. Dawn of the Dead, for me, it's my favorite of all time. Candyman is a banger, but I'm going to just keep it simple, stupid, and go with Dawn of the Dead. Um, I'm going to follow suit, though I do love Candyman. And as we talked about the last time, it's got some really frightening imagery, which I love in the, you know, kind of you know it's it there, there's no other movie that i can think of that brings you into the projects mm-hmm. and you know you know really creepy graffiti having to crawl through these like crawl, like a crawl space that i would never even consider going through you know um so uh, you know it's it's got a great original story that you know i I, I don't I can't even tell you where the inspiration for that would be taken from. Um uh and it continues to have um who's the actor that plays Candyman? Tony Todd. Yeah, he's fantastic and um you know, I haven't even I haven't seen the sequels, and I still haven't seen the new installment, which I believe is considered a sequel, right? It's not a yeah. I haven't seen it either. Ah, oh, it's so good. You guys um, gotta so get look, on this shit. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, but um, uh, Dawn of the Dead is another level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a horror classic, and uh, can't. Oh, well, they're both horror classics. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't. I it, wish I would have. Uh spoke up sooner because it would have made it more suspenseful for our audience but I would have gone Candyman on this um I love both these movies I love Dawn but um if you listen to the history of this show you know I'm a day guy day of the dead mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and Candyman again like I, I, I don't like leaning on nostalgia but this movie I saw at a super young age. It was like one of those sleepover movies in grade school. And it like stuck with all of us. Like it was one of those things like if someone started saying Candyman three times, you're like, yo, don't fuck around with that. Like we're not, we're not saying it three times. And it like, it's imprinted up like that night is imprinted on my brain. I remember it. 
um, all of us being terrified, and then seeing it uh, many times since then and as an adult, it is just such a well-made movie and it's so original and it had so much to say. It's uh, it's really a standout and if it wasn't already chosen for Dawn to go to go forward here, I would have picked Candyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super good. Um, I was just, I and they're both classes. Like yeah, said. I didn't really think about what you just said until now, but like, God, yeah, it is really well put together. Um, you really do feel you're in that project. Like they do a really good job. Mm-hmm. That. Really good job. And like when she goes into like the bathroom, like I was genuinely afraid for her. <laughs> like don't go in there, bitch. There's a, a bathroom scene in the new sequel that is just mm, mm. so good. Like it makes it makes the whole movie. Like the whole movie was good, and I enjoyed it. But that one scene just mm. makes the whole movie. Pete, I don't think you need to see any of the sequels, but you should probably see Farewell to the Flesh if you do. It was like okay. it was like the straight the video one. It's a uh, not. I never seen that. Not one. good. I thought it was gonna be like almost borderline. Is Tony Todd even in it? Yeah. Okay. But like not a whole lot, and I thought it was gonna be like softcore porn, basically. <laughs> I think it's Farewell to the Flesh. It's like the third one. Sound, that, that subtitle sounds right. All right. So that. Makes the blood division down to its final four. Thing, Exorcist, Nightmare, Dawn. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Now moving on to the gore division. We start with Texas Chainsaw versus Alien. You want to start there? You want me to start? Yeah, yeah, you start. You haven't started one in a minute. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I love me some Alien, mm-hmm. but this is one of those rare circumstances where I enjoy the sequel more than the original. Yeah. Just, just slightly. Um, I revisit Aliens more, but uh, sometimes you get in that mood where you're going to throw on the OG, the original, and you're going to enjoy every minute of it. It is so before its time. It is amazing what he was able to do with with the money that he had and the time they were in. But Chainsaw Master, I mean, again, we're into, like, all of these are classics, but Chainsaw Master, the, the fear that Toby Hooper is able to put into that movie without showing too much, sort of like the Halloween effect, um... With how wild Leatherface was and how scary, and then even more so, the atmosphere that he he created with that that hot Texas at, you know stage was just something else. It's a summer classic, it's a road trip classic, it's a slasher classic. There's so many there's so many pins you can put on it that it makes it a must watch and forever will be. In genre history, I'm gonna continue on with that Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Pete, what are you thinking? It's going to rain. Is that what that is? Rain? Oh, yeah. oh it's coming down, and I don't like it. It'll pass. <laughs> better. Um, so it's a rare occasion where I like 
a remake of a movie a hair better than the original uh, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. And my vote, uh, and but that's not really the reason. It's just it's more um, alien. So my vote's alien. And it's because it's the first space horror that really got it really right. Now, I'm not, now I haven't seen every space horror before it, but I mean, it hits on every level. And, you know, it probably had the best budget behind it, had, you know, amazing director behind it, had a great cast behind it. And it's also, it also came out at a time where everything that was going on in it was still super futuristic that movie comes out today it you know they would have to do stuff to make it more so you know seem more futuristic like that was futuristic for the late 70s it right wasn't, it's not futuristic for but um so i like that aspect of it i like the you know the whole um you, you just know you don't the, one of the things i like about the whole alien franchise is that you never really know what earth is like but you know that it's bad enough that you have these convoys going out in search and space. So you know that earth is kind of probably like, and that's just something that I always think about when I watch those movies that kind of adds a little extra, um, suspense to it. So, um, um, yeah, my, I like, I like alien cool. for this one. I always, uh, I was always, but don't get me wrong. Love, love Texas chain. Um, and, and really just, just, a second to everything Vinny said about it, but yeah, I was always very intrigued by the space jockey. Always, yeah. just always for years and years, and then Prometheus came out and kind of explained it. Explained it, did, 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 did. But uh, I always loved just like reading internet theories and stuff about the space jockey. I'm going Texas Chainsaw though as well. Um, you know, it's an all timer. I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's an all timer. Everything Vinny yeah. said is true. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's not a result I'm mad about. I just no. I'm interested on why you like the remake a hair better. I think. And there's nothing wrong with the remake, mind you. I love the remake. Jessica Biel's tank top. Oh boy. I just. Uh, I just think it's uh, scarier. Well, I mean. I love that movie. That. That. Um, we've done a remake. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. We might have to do another one because that. I mean, goddamn, that might be the best remake. I mean. It's up the, there. So, the the first one is just like, or um, the original. I'm sorry, is is just like what, like the first time you watch it, you're like, what is is this? Yes. And the and it's like, and the dinner scene is just like, it's bonkers. so yes, it's so like out there um, for the first time you see it. So I so, and it's not. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm criticizing that, but it's just like I think for, it that's a horror movie for like for horror fans like real horror fans and which i consider myself one but i feel like the remake is just a little bit more rounded to fit as like a frightening slasher chase um it brings movie. the gore yeah it brings yeah. the gore um which which but but just to, to exactly what vinnie said the original does does everything so well without having to do that which makes it you know, which, you know, it makes it almost better because you don't have to. I mean, yeah. it makes but it, I'm a, I'm it, a, makes I'm it more gore. impressive for people like us, but like, yeah, 
I'm the also, younger generation that's looking for the gore mm-hmm. and like yeah. looking for like I, you know based on the horror like the modern horror they've seen yeah they probably a, find it low key I'm I mean the remake guy. the remake wasn't made for horror people the remake was made to make money and get people in theaters which it which did, it did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but at the same time um, I don't think any I mean I know me personally wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was especially right. with like yeah. the the horror you know you, you see oh, they're gonna remake it it'll be toned mm. down and lame and it was like oh my god this is way more over the top and just as brutal and just as entertaining um, well and really just from the start because that girl they pick up that hitchhiker oh yeah and she, she blows her head off the, the camera yeah the camera angle through the, through head. the head yeah they really uh you're Mark, all gonna die i mean god damn i love that movie yeah, I need to. I think I rewatched it like last year, but I might just do a whole Texas Chainsaw day at this point. All right. Yeah. Moving along. Hmm. This is a tough. I mean, they're all toughies at this point. I should get over it. Black Christmas versus Evil Dead Two. Boy, oh boy. Let me go first. Okay. This is easy for me. Oh wow. Oh, <laughs> obviously it's easy for Vinny. For. For years and years, I've been saying Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. But recently, not and not like the last few months recently, last few years recently, Black Christmas. I mean, God damn, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like clockwork now, clockwork. I watch it twice a year, Christmas and July every year. I try to consume as much. Special features, new and old, that I can. Um, so that's me, my pick. I don't want to say too much about it because we're going to have to get it into the next round. Wow, Evil. you're you're just calling it, huh? No, huh? you're just calling it right now that Black Christmas has taken that. Ah, uh, shit, that's true. It better. <laughs> um, Evil Dead Two. I think it's a great revolutionary horror comedy. Bruce Campbell, King. King. I personally like Evil Dead the OG more. Um, I think 2 had much more fun and creative practical effects and, and, and makeup work. But the slapstick got a little bit to be a little bit more than I mm. would want. And this, this is splitting hairs. Completely splitting I hairs. Know. Um, That's where we're at in this thing already. It didn't take long. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just prefer Evil Dead over Evil Dead 2. And I just think Black Christmas is a freaking <coughs> masterpiece. All right. Pete, you mind if I go? Go for it. All right. So I am going to counter that with Evil Dead 2 for the opposite reason. I love the slapstick. I love Bruce Campbell's Stooge act. I'm a huge Three Stooges fan. No surprise that I would love it. The nostalgia of this one is this was the movie that brought me full bore into being a horror nerd. Uh, VHS in Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola Beach. Late night with my cousin Dave. Um, And this was like, oh, I saw that box all the time at the video store and watch it and finally, and it just all in that moment clicked for me. The thing I don't like about Evil Dead 2 is the end, and not because of the end, but because it took so damn long for Army of Darkness to come around. 
So it was kind of like one of those things where there's no way it was going to exceed, but it did its own thing. It became, you know, more of a comedy. The But like Bruce Campbell's one-man show in Evil Dead 2 is just outstanding. It's very impressive. The whole cast of, of characters is fun. And just like the Henrietta... Uh, the Henrietta monster with the eyeball flying out and I'm going to eat your soul. Like, all of it is just so good. Now, that said, Bob Clark's my guy. Black Christmas is one of my top top ten easy um, best holiday horror by far created the slasher. But... Unsung hero. But it's... it's Bane. It's Evil Dead 2, man. It's I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. And Bla- <laughs> let's look at the history of remakes, if we may. Uh, Black, oh, Black Christmas. Many bad remakes. Evil Dead. One good remake. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, a, new, that, a new sequel coming, too. That's a that's a valid point. Um, I mean, Black Xmas, I don't mind for what it is. But I, I really couldn't get behind the new one. I'll get, I, I'm going to have to give it a rewatch. This up this uh this Christmas because um Steph didn't see it yet. Maybe she'll be able to swing me, maybe a second Dion will be able to swing me, but I I really didn't like it. I have to give you credit for even like gutting that out. I, I won't. That's like a blast blasphemous thing. To just have two remakes that are both caca. No, I, I well I take it with a grain of salt because it's it's not a good movie, but Black Xmas is a fine Christmas slasher. Okay. It's not trying too hard. It is taking bits of the broad plot. It's not trying too hard to be a like a exact remake of Black Christmas. You know what I should do now that you're talking about this? I should go to that uh, punk rock porn company, uh, Burning Angel. They do a lot of like parody stuff. Black Sexmas. Mm, I could uh, probably already done. Nah, I don't think so. I know they did the Triple Exorcist. No, but I'm sure there's Black Sexmas not based on the movie, based on the black. <laughs> wow, good call. <laughs> well, it can be both. <laughs> Probably Black Look, Hawkins. all I want is a producing credit. That's it. Just want to get my foot in the door in Hollywood, all right? That's how you do it. Well, at least that's how they did it in the 70s, I hear. All right, let Pete say his piece. I'm sweating over here. Sweating. Oh, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, you really thought it had a chance? No. <laughs> hey, Utah, give me two. Evil Dead 2. Mm. Utah, uh, give me two. That was is, the finest pun I've heard in a while. This is uh, top five favorite horror movies for me. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I've... I, it's top. What I like about top five it, for me. Aside from, aside from, you know, everything being possessed and everything, what I like about it being that it's essentially the same movie as the first one, is you get the background with the tape that you don't get from the first one mm-hmm. um, about the book, which you know brings a little, a little more juice to it. Um, I mean, I, I generally when I watch these, I watch them back to back, and I don't really know why because it's like, you know, it's about forty minutes of the same material. Yeah, I but. very rarely watch The Evil Dead. Very rarely. Because I think, yeah, like you just said, if I'm watching two, there's not really a reason to watch the first one. Yeah. 
And I love, I mean, I love Army of Darkness, but it's not a horror. It's an yeah. That's movie. what I mean. It's like it's it's its own thing. You rarely watched the first one, really. Yeah. So I'm the only one that that, that backs the first one. No, I, I, bet, I bet there's plenty of people that do. Like I just said, I usually watch them together, back to back. It's like a three-hour journey. Yeah. You know what's a journey? Do the Dark Knight trilogy. That's a freaking journey. It's like half a day. I'm upset about Black Christmas. If I'm going to watch a trilogy in one day, it's going to be The Lord of the Rings. <sighs> that's, oh, that's more God. than a day. That's, you're, oh, looking, yeah, you're looking extended, at a couple. Extended edition, you got to start at like 8 in the morning. And then you have second breakfast and... 11Zs and anyway. if I'm doing a trilogy I'm going Jaws because then during the third one I can just take a nap <laughs> doesn't seem very smart but alright uh, poor John Saxon John Saxon he's in Jaws 3 no he's in Black Christmas oh well I know that I just you're talking about Jaws 3 yeah but I'm just upset about Black Christmas not moving on oh. goddamn seating yeah, the seating was tough Margot Kidder. She, she's mouth. drunk. Yeah, she's great. All right, the next matchup. Kind of a battle of the modern day classics. Oh. Scream versus the Devil's Rejects. Hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Everyone? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to start if no one else Yeah, go to. for it. Um... So I know I was... I participated in bringing the Devil's Rejects into this next position um love that movie it's great but i can't get past what scream did for horror in the 90s bringing it back giving it a much needed uh facelift uh and 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 really rebooting um the genre you look at stuff that was coming out in the 90s and it wasn't great Wes craven turned horror on its head with making this semi-meta, you know, view it of uh, horror where you talk about horror, which has never really happened before. Um, you know, you have your, you have your movie, your movie nerd that's t- telling you all the tropes and telling you what not to do. And obviously everyone's doing them. Um, and exactly what I think I talked about the last time, you know, this really revitalized, horror and um and the slasher and uh brought us uh nev campbell who's a total fox oh yeah it, it uh it it may form the union of uh courtney cox and uh david arquette um best thing that courtney cox has ever done by the way is scream has she um, i mean has she been in other movies i don't know but she was in more important friends. than friends yeah fuck that show people friend what i like i joey. hate i i hate friends i like joey <laughs> you hate friends yeah is it because how much we had to watch it in college uh i mean i didn't need to watch i i'm sure you ended up having to watch a lot more than i did but look i'm not a huge uh, friends fan but when it's clicking it's clicking it's it gets funny don't get, me, don't get me wrong there's things okay there's things about it that are funny there's episodes that i remember liking but I don't really get why it continues to have this resurgence. I'm like, why do kids care about this? Well, now? I like, don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't know why kids care about that now when they could be watching Seinfeld. And a lot of people try and compare the two. And t- I mean, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. There is yeah. No there's no comparing anything. High highbrow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get into a whole friends thing. Um, 
Listen, it's, I, it's I, a scream vote for me. I think this is a very short discussion. Um, and we can move on to music. We still got one more after that. Ah, uh, never mind. Well, it is scream all the way. I, I certainly like Devil's Rejects, but the big difference here is Devil's Rejects is a good sequel. I I understand how House Thousand Corpses isn't a better made movie. I just get more enjoyment out of it. I have more fun with it. Um, Devil's Rejects is certainly a better movie. Has more quotability. But here's the thing. Rob Zombie, at a young age, young into his directing career at least, blew his load. He was done after this. Yeah. Done. Wes Craven, on the other hand, was Scream, was much later in his career, and he, like Pete said, made a incredible resurgence, not only for himself, but for the horror, horror genre. Scream moves on. No questions asked. Yeah. Um, I love both of them. I, I, I would have went with Scream. It's hard to not. Uh, Matthew Lillard alone. Oh, yeah. Drew me into that movie. His character was like the dude I wanted to be. Like the goofball, cool dude with the hot girlfriend. Like, come on. Big ass house. That party. She Blasting. Like, she blast. like you don't think Rose McGowan was smoking? Oh, shirt? my God. Yeah, you're a crazy person. Um, Blasting Alice Cooper out the windows. Great stuff. Great stuff. But Scream does move on in a unanimous decision. And now the last matchup of the horror side of things. We got Sleepaway Camp, the 80s cult classic, versus the Hitchcock masterpiece, Psycho. Oh, God. I don't even think there's a fight to put up here, unfortunately. <laughs> right? Like, I, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be It's got to be Psycho. Whoa. Peter, are you being sarcastic? No. Nah. Oh. What did he say? He said it's got to be Sleepaway Camp, and I said it has to be Psycho. So oh, right off the bat, I it's all on you, buddy. Sorry. Oh, fucking A. All right. It's all good. It's all good. We don't need to talk about it. If you're both voting for Psycho, we can just move on. I don't. No, I'm, I'm, I just don't think I'm, there's a – I love both. I just don't think there's a comparison. Like, Psycho which, is a masterpiece, which, and Sleepaway Camp is like a piece of 80s cult schlock that I love. But, I watched, but it makes I watched, me so happy. Yeah, I watch no Sleepaway doubt. Camp. I watch Sleepaway Camp every year. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched. Psycho. I watch Psycho and if I don't watch Psycho and Sleepaway Camp around Halloween, I lose my mind. All right, here's the determining factor. I will be judge and jury. I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I mean, I don't. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually having an inner debate right now. Um, to me, neither of these beats scream. So, I'm already thinking about the next round. Oh. Bold. Bold, Cotton. They're going to forfeit. Let's see how this works out for them, Cotton. So, Scream. But. Scream? I mean, not Scream. God damn it. Psycho. Um, but. Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> on, on the fun factor. <laughs> I just thought about that. We call them baldies. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, so 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 much cringe. You've never seen a pot bigger than the pot that that guy's cooking. Yeah, what is that? That's the biggest pot I've ever seen in my life. And James Earl Jones's dad is way too eager to hide a dangerous murder because he's going to become the head cook. 
Yeah. He's just like, yeah, all right, cool. Sleepaway Camp is so fun. It is. With, with the events that have sprung up around it around summer, um, how active um, uh, uh, Felissa Rose, Rose is in the, in the community now. So fun. Psycho, as a franchise, I love. Very good. I love all the sequels. The original, it's a Hitchcock classic. A movie got made about making Psycho, which just shows how iconic it is. Um, it's like frame by frame breakdowns have been done of yeah, the shower scene. With well, no, frame by frame remake has been made. Well, that too with Vince Vaughn. Not good. Um, yeah, I mean masterpiece, masterpiece. But Sleepaway Camp and in another seating. Paired up with some of these other movies that we just went over, might have beat a few of them. So you're going with Psycho? Yes. Psycho is moving on. Sorry, Pete. It's all good. Nah, it is. That's what's fun about these things where it's like, oh, well, they're not even yeah, you're comparable. Not yeah. I mean, I'm a little mad about Black Christmas, but yeah. uh, you're not mad. All right. Well, we're down to the Elite Eight in the horror division now. We're not supposed to show any music? We are. I'm just going to recap ah, this. Right, so we got one. The Thing, The Exorcist, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dawn of the Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead 2, Scream, and Psycho. The Elite Eight of our horror side of our Killer Pod from Outer Space, March Madness. Pete, what do you think about Sleepaway Camp and its sequels? I love both sequels. Yeah, I don't like the third one as much. I watch it, and I think it's fun. But it's not something I would put on by itself. I'd watch two and then go into that. I think um, Bruce Springsteen's sister brings a great personality to the role. I kind of wish that they stuck with Felissa Rose, but I'm not sure that she, at that age, had the same personality that was needed to be the open psychopath that she was in, in the sequel. Yeah, pa- um, Pamela Springsteen kills it. And I don't think she did anything else, really, besides no. those two. No. Um, no, I like the... Th- I actually really like the third one because I think it has good kills. Though I like the second one a little bit more than the third one because she has, like, her kill shack. Yes, I love the kill shack. You, it's you know, hilarious. Which is, which is very, like... like uh, which is very, uh, um, like, Friday the 13th. Well, the too. fact that the one chick can... Fit her whole yeah, body right. in the toilet was hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the third one, I don't know the is actor's it? name. I'd have to look it up. The dude from like Dick Tracy and Scrooged, the round faced guy. He like runs uh-huh. the camp. The fact that he's like getting laid by young chicks always bothered me. Cause it's just like one, all right, ew. But two, it's like this dude, really? The same with the, the dude in the first one. Mar- Maury, is that his name? The, the count, the guy that runs the camp. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Bizarre. Um, uh, this the third one. Um, first of all, you're like, really? They're like, they haven't shut this camp down yet. But <laughs> well, it's not. This it's not the same thing. It's a whole different concept. They're taking like troubled youths and then like yeah. rich kids. Yeah, you know what? That's actually something that I think could have been. Um. I mean, obviously it was used in that movie, but that would have been a good twist for them to make Fri- uh, some of the Friday the 13th sequels a little bit better, mm. is to make it 
a different kind of camp, which, you know, obviously in a, in a, in a movie that's not supposed to be a comedy could have been, you know, really, really good if it was, if it was, you know, troubled youth and then, you know, kids sneaking off to like shoot H in the, in the woods and then Jason kills him with the syringe or whatever. Yeah. The the concept of Crystal Lake is interesting though, because you like, so I have this kill map thing. I got this poster, um, super cool poster, but it posits like where everything would be at on the lake. And you, you get a sense of the lake. Like it's actually like a huge lake. You know what I mean? When you see it in the movie, I think you underestimate how big it is. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it it's on like, super cool seeing the map. Yeah. On the map, you kind of get this sense of like, all right, well like some of this stuff's really not close to each other. So it makes more logical sense that like this would happen on this side of the lake. And wouldn't be as big a deal because the stuff that happened on the other side of the lake was like technically like miles away. Um, so you'll probably never end up watching this because you got to get through your Blu-rays, but um, American Horror Story 1984 is really fun. The season, it's the slasher season. Okay. Yeah, I, never, slasher I never got season. into that show in, in general. I mean, every every season's different, so you don't have know, to yeah. you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, from continuity anything past. is not a problem. Uh, a couple of them overlap, but that one doesn't. And it's a fun, you know, summer slasher that I you know just you know fits into since we're just right now talking about summer slashers. But anyway, let's move on. Let's do it. Um, into the metal side of things. Oh boy! First matchup, we got. Pantera versus Bolt Thrower. I think this is an easy one for Vinny. Doesn't even have to say a word. Nah, uh, Pantera all the way. Um, I was just talking to a coworker about Pantera, and I'm always weary when Pantera is brought up with someone I don't know, because I'm like, mm, do you really love him? And this dude, mm-hmm. he's good. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, I love Bolt Thrower. Um, I, I talked about it last time when Bolthrower got moved on to this round. I love the the riffs, but they I mean they don't even come close yeah. to the Dimebag riffs. Yeah, uh, Pantera, Pete, what do you got for me? Um, so I don't know if you guys watch. Do you guys ever watch that show on YouTube, Hot Ones? I've seen parts of it. I don't like watch them. Um, Was it on I YouTube? watch it. Yeah, it's like yeah. people doing an interview while they eat hot wings that are hot sauces that are progressively getting hotter oh okay it's really it's really good and the, but the dude that runs it sean evans is like he comes up with really good questions like not your like what's the favorite song you've ever written or what's your favorite movie you've ever been in he like deep dives into people's career and like really um so anyway the reason i'm bringing it up is because he his most recent episode was he interviewed dave grohl and uh you know, normally it's just like they just do the wings and the people, you know, they start suffering through the wings. But Dave Grohl comes on and he's like, you know, he's the last real rock star. I mean, let's be serious. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, all right, so, you know, I brought some booze. He's like, so we're, let, let's do some. He, he's he's a big fan of the show, by the way. So he's like all excited. He's like, I'm really happy to be here. He's like, he's like, we're going to do some shots. And this guy, I don't know, like the dude, Sean Evans, what his background is. I don't know if he's like much of a drinker or whatever. But um, Dave Grohl's like, all right, so you ready for your first shot? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, all right. Well, I don't know how familiar you are with the band Pantera, but they used to, they used to. He poured Black Tooth Grins. Yeah, he's like, they used to do the, this drink called Black Tooth Grins, 
Now, if I'm getting my lore right, according to Vinny, it's supposed to be Pepsi, but he uses Coke. But whatever. Um, he said, or at least he says Coke. He says, you know, with a Crown Royal and Coke. But um, I'm sure they had to switch it up every once in a while. But anyway, so yeah, they 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 do black tooth grin shots like throughout the whole episode, and he and he refer and he says that Pantera is basically one of the best metal bands of all time, and uh, he's not wrong. And my vote is Pantera. <laughs> well, unanimous. Get your pool. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a hard decision, unfortunately. Bolt Thrower is the shit, but it's Pantera for God's sake. And I feel like Dime was... Dime is one of the most like underrated metal guitarists ever. Yeah, like I I feel like people love him because of Pantera, and they like you know it's a the tragedy. But like if you sit down and listen yeah. to what he does. On that big, heavy monstrosity he used to play. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, the riffs and the shredding. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, um, it's incredible. Uh, it's... Yeah, because he was the only guitarist, right? Yeah, it was just him. And and so heavy, like I mean, and you know, it, the music should matter more, but just across the board, unanimously, how cool and great of a guy he was get some points like i mean have you heard have you ever heard anyone say a bad word about him i mean and not about no not about him <laughs> what do you mean uh, uh was yeah. it phil people, pe- yeah people plenty, people have plenty to say about phil but we don't yeah that. yeah yeah but i mean but dime like i mean the best yeah. yes yes indeed pete pete fully knows my love for pantera because I have a beloved dime bag statue that got broken in college, and I was very, very drunk. Very drunk. How did it happen? Uh, Jill, during like that, uh, I had that those French doors to my bedroom. Uh, you know the glass French doors, like in the, yeah, in the living yeah, yeah. room that went into my all, bedroom. All you have to say is Jill. Makes she sense. poked her arm through the missing um, pane of glass. Where the, yeah. where the and the dime bag statue was on my dresser and she knocked it over and broke it, uh, dude. I cried like a baby back bitch. Like I was <coughs> devastated that this statue broke. But Jill, being the person that she is, she replaced it and it's a very hard statue to get. She had to have paid a fortune, which well, I was gonna say I feel bad about, but I don't feel bad about. But she replaced it and it is on the the uh, shelf over there, Yander. Yeah. I've, seen it. I've seen it many times. Yes. I don't I need to it. turn around. <laughs> don't make, don't make me put effort you in. You should just look at it anyway. It's right there. Right. Oh, hello. <laughs> All right. Well, we can talk more about, uh, I mean, uh, we can talk more about Pantera. So as we go forward. this next matchup either way is going to break my heart. I don't even want to participate. Motorhead versus Entombed. Uh, I don't, I don't even want to, you guys discuss. I'll just, I'll just hang I mean, back. Lemmy is God. Yeah, that's like that's it's the argument, really, right? So <laughs> it's not really a question. I, I think ba- ba- based on ba- well, I, I was gonna say based on what Vinny had to say the last time, I'm not sure that he's 100 percent on uh, on Motorhead. I am. I love Entombed. I voted him into the spot. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a huge Entombed fan, but I'm also a huge Motorhead fan. It's like. And then, like, you just look at it it's like, all right, well, both frontmen passed away. Both were just, like, original cats in their own way. 
like entombed OGs at like the Swedish death metal scene, Motorhead. It's just like it's fucking Motorhead. <laughs> you yep. don't you don't have to be OGs of anything. It's Motorhead. I mean, I'm gonna be odd man out. I would go entombed here. But I don't know if you're odd man. I don't. I'm torn. I mean, it's it's Motorhead I, again. It's splitting hairs. Like I just Motorhead is on a handful of my playlists on Spotify. But I don't know. Like in tunes, like it, they're just the pioneers. They are of the Swedes. Pete, where which, where would you go with it, Pete? Just Lemmy is God, and that's that. Well, I I, I just think that Motorhead is they they just done a little bit more for the genre. Way more mainstream, that's for sure. Yeah. I can't in good conscience be the person that doesn't move Lemmy on. So I have to pick Motorhead. I mean, even me, like I would say, like, like that's a tough loss for Lemmy and Motorhead to lose yeah. to Entombed. Like, that's tough. Well, it's not even that they're losing to Entombed. It's to lose to anyone because now they're going up against Pantera in the next Well, you round. already know where I'm going to go. Well, with. then you know where I'm going to go. What? Well, now it's Pete. The pressure's on Pete, regardless. But he's got about a week to think about it. So. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're gonna, right. you're gonna, about, you're gonna. Say, whoa, whoa, we're, don't you're gonna ahead. think hard about Entombed versus Murderhead, but then you already have your decision made about Pantera versus Murderhead. Lemmy versus Dime, man. You know what? You're going ahead. I don't want to go ahead yet. We're moving on. You're giving me an anxiety attack. Whatever. Go go to the Dominican with your anxiety attack. <laughs> Next matchup is uh, Lamb of God versus Morbid Angel. Um, Being the 80s kid, I'm going to go Morbid Angel. Love Lamb of God. Love Burn the Priest. Um, they are like... I think we met, yeah, we matched them up in the first round. Them and Slipknot are like the modern day gods of metal, basically. Still drawing huge crowds, playing giant festivals. But for me, it's a morbid angel, man. They're just like sick 80s death metal. I really enjoy their, um, like the riffs and stuff and that, that just 80s, um, death metal, like solo shit. I love that. Um, and they got a sick logo. Leave us a logo. Yeah. I, I I actually just bought a uh, Morbid Angel T-shirt from one of the bootleg. Oh, you bastard! I love guys, it. is it like uh, the OG logo? Oh, yeah. oh, that's what I want. Um, love Morbid Angel. They, I mean, like you already said, eighties death metal, death metal. Um, but Lamb of God. I mean, you can make the argument that their latter albums fell off. But I, I really did like the, the Burn the Priest uh, album that came out in the last few years. And I loved all the releases they did during quarantine from their separate abodes. And most importantly, just the, the place they had in my youth. Um, I saw them live after every album they put out up until Wrath and... Yeah, just too important to me. Too much of the American metal pioneer. I'm going Lamb of God. Um, I don't feel good 
about this, but I'm just gonna give the edge to Lamb of God for me. Um, because they're just more on my rotation still. And uh, and it's kind of surprising because Altars of Madness is like one of the best metal albums of all time for Morbid Angel, but I'm going to give it to Lamb of God. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Splitting hairs, as Vinny would say. We're moving on. Oh, this is an interesting matchup. Black Dahlia Murder versus Megadeth. Oh. Yeah, this is a toughie. Oof. Megadeth, oh. one of my favorite bands of all time. Pete, not a fan. <laughs> I know. Don't even bother saying it. You and Sean can shove it down my throat. I'll probably hear it on Saturday when I'm out with them. Just not um, a fan. I'm taking fan. the back seat on this one. I would like to go third. Well, you know what Pete's pick is. Pete, you don't even got to say anything this round. That's... Don't assume. You know what it does. Go ahead, assume. <laughs> he wants me to make an ass out of you and me. Um, I'm going to put the heat on Vinny and go with Megadeth. Because this is like my childhood you're talking about. Like This is what I was brought up with. This was the metal I knew until my teens. Go ahead, buddy. All right, Pete, your pick's in. Black Dahlia Murder. All right. So I was not brought up a Megadeth. Uh, I was brought up very much Metallica heavy from my father. And Megadeth I discovered just from at a very young, I mean, like I discovered him later by any means, but at a very young age exploring metal um, and from cousins who, the my cousins um, helped me discover Pantera and then therefore Megadeth, but Black Dahlia, God damn, I love that band. I mean, they are some of the best, best, I mean, they are, I think, the best deathcore band, and deathcore is, that subgenre is huge now, there, there's all kinds of variations of it, and um, it's more relevant now in metal than it ever was. And they are still the kings of it. They get a heavy, heavy listen. I mean, multiple times a week. I'm going Black Dye. Alright. I'm not mad at it. Black Dye is the shit. I love them. They are... I feel almost dirty that just happened, though. Well, it's tough. I mean, you're looking at... Rest in peace, Megadeth. <laughs> You're looking at a, a band that's got a 30-year a body of work and then Black Dye Murder, who was MySpace famous. So, you know, what's the comparison, really? <laughs> now, I like Black Dye Murder a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So, probably, like, one of my favorite death metal bands. But Megadeth is Megadeth. Yeah, that's a... I mean, I wouldn't get into it when we're done this round, but that's got to be the biggest upset of the bracket. Probably. All right. What we got next? We got Battle of 80s Titans here. Slayer versus King Diamond. I'm going to stick to my guns and go with King Diamond. I love King Diamond. Um, I know 
you know, Merciful Fate's obviously a whole different band, but like the Merciful Fate stuff, King Diamond solo stuff, his stage show, the whole theatrical metal thing, the high pitched vocals. That's me. That that's just that's my bag, baby, as you would say. Pete, you want to jump in or I'm gonna go? I'm going Slayer. I love King Diamond. Uh, yeah, there's no wrong choice here. Fatal Portrait, Abigail, Conspiracy, you know, all that shit's awesome. Um, but it's a bit... Um, I think I think the that Slayer outweighs the shtick of uh, King Diamond a little. That's what I was just going to say. The scales tip just a little bit because... Slayer and most importantly, Carrie Car- King outweighs the stick, like Pete just said. Uh, right. I love King Diamond. Slayer all the way. Slayer for Mayor. For the speed. All right. Um, I kind of wonder if they toured together at any point. King Diamond and Slayer? Yeah. Maybe they they probably been on festivals together. I don't know that they. You don't think they together. did like a tour together? That's like maybe. Well, it's just it would be really good because like two different styles, but yeah. of the same ilk. That'd be really fun to be at. Yeah. All right. Going on to another classic battle: Testament versus Cannibal Corpse. Hmm. Who wants right. to fire? Let off me here? jump off in this one. So, Testament is, I mean, w- w- uh, with the classics, uh, for some reason I didn't discover Testament until much later, Cannibal Corpse, because of the, sort of like the forbidden forbidden part of it the the album covers the song titles that sucked me in at a young rebellious age and the music certainly stands up for it um cannibal corpse was definitely my entryway into death metal and i mean like especially classic death metal um and really, the only thing that's swaying it for me is Testament. I didn't start listening until two until I was much older. Mm-hmm. I'm going Cannibal Corpse. Pete. Jeff, no, oh, you're thrown to me. I will also go Cannibal Corpse. Um, Testament for me is also one that I got into late in life. Uh, super big fan now, but Cannibal Corpse is just. I mean, going back to Ace Ventura and finding out who Cannibal Corpse even was, mm-hmm. and it was just like, dude, this is the <laughs> most crazy shit I've ever heard in my life. And then it just kept going and going, and like it, one of those things where like it never went away. Like Cannibal Corpse stuck through all these years. They still put out new music. They're still touring hard. They're still like revered in the community. Nobody's like, oh, I'm Cannibal Corpse, like, hanging. I'm not saying that people are saying that about Testament by any means either, but I'm saying, like, to go see Cannibal Corpse is still, like, kind of a big deal. I thought it was, at least for me. 
Um, so, you know, Cannibal Corpse all the way for me. Um, I love Testament. I think uh, even their newest album, which I was checking out when we were doing the uh, the last episode, is is good. Um, you know, they're just old school metal dudes from, I think, California. Crash metal guys. But yeah, I mean, Cannibal Corpse is... They're still at it. Mm-hmm. They're... And, and they don't there really no signs of slowing down yeah so. i mean the the newest record that just came out last year i think is just as brutal as all the other ones and i don't mean brutal in a bad way by any means for anyone right. who, who doesn't understand um but it's like i think most most people would give the cannibal corpse knock would be like what the hell is he saying man but it's like eh, it's kind of well, that's yeah, kind of I mean, the fun of it it's well, like I, I, th- I think I said it last time that even people who are like not into it, I feel like you should go to watch. Like put earplugs in; it doesn't matter. You should go to a Cannibal Corpse show to watch. It's just insanity Dude, to the, watch them, to watch the crowd. The head banging alone from the, uh, the George, the the George. Yeah, <laughs> that neck. Oh my God, it's huge. Bring, bring your kids and put headphones on and play the Frozen soundtrack, and let them watch Cannibal yeah. Corpse. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right the next one is a strange one really municipal waste versus napalm death Vinny, you want to start there mm. i think i know where you're going i think i know where we're all going mm-hmm. look at you don't even know so Well, let me start with a question. How did we How did we discover music as a at a young age? MTV, Ma- Friends, Mag- magazines, magazines, Metal Hammer. No, but so I was going to say I I remember pretty distinctly finding Napalm Death like right after I started listening to Camel Course, but how would I have even connected it to? Did LimeWire have a thing? Oh, no. no clue. It was like Lime LimeWire was a big no, part you, of my discovery I, of music. But there but there was like uh MySpace. But there was things that you like you would look up a band and it would say like related acts or like Yeah. Like if you were to Google or whatever. Um <clears throat> or you you know, you would learn about them because they were on tour with another band you were listening to or I mean a lot of it for me was just going to the record store and go into the metal section and flipping through and looking at album covers and like, oh, yeah. um, shit like that. And, and yeah, magazine magazines is a big one for me. Yeah. Same. Um, when I was a kid, metal hammer was my shit. Yeah. I, yeah. um, as soon as I was old enough to figure out how to sign up for magazines, I was getting them all. I wasn't, um, wasn't that crazy. But... Really? I'd just oh, go, I I'd go up to the Wawa and, Get them like no, I would get them to my house. Yeah. Mail day was great because I would have yeah, that's right. Metal Hammer, um, Teen Beat, <laughs> not Teen Beat. Um, anyway, Re- so Revolver AP, yeah, Revolver. Um, what was the uh, Metalcore one? Outburn, mm. yeah, there's Outburn Alternative Press, yeah, which kind of covered like you know, that covered like punk, uh emo you know all, kind of like everything that wasn't in the metal ones i got all those jones 
And then I got Vangoria. And then I got High Times Magazine. <laughs> which my, my father nerd. was very not okay with. Such a nerd. Have you seen Fangoria lately? They're like $20 an issue. Really? Yeah. They're like hardbound and like slick paper now and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm not about that. Yeah, neither am I. Well, they probably just, they probably do like three month issues though. Oh, probably. A it's lot still, of magazines. Yeah. $20 for a magazine in general is not happening. High Times had the centerfolds oh of God. the weed plants. I just remember the cover with like Sebastian Bach on it, like just all the buds. And it's like, <laughs> oh my, I can't. I love Sebastian Bach and I loved Skid Row, but it's like, you people are nerds. Yeah, I, thought it was cool. I remember the one like Cottonmouth Kings was on the cover. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. Sebastian Bach, he's the guy from uh, Gilmore Girls, right? Yes. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Napalm Death? Yes. So yeah. Napalm Death went hand in hand. With high time in my, magazine? In my discovery and love for death metal. Um, but Municipal Waste is some of the most, up until the recent discovery of Midnight, some of the most fun metal that I listen to. It is party time. Mm-hmm. It is. Excellent. <laughs> Zang. It is, um, it is fast, it is thrash. It's different than the rest of our bracket. So I'm going to go Municipal Waste. I second. Yeah, I third. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to win with me anytime you have party thrash metal. Like, well, that's the, just... The song Born to Party. Born to Party. Sadistic Magician. Sadistic Magician. Um, but then Napalm Death, like, even when... Um, uh, oh yeah, I mean they're they're like they you know they you could just say that they gave birth to municipal waste, but municipal waste does it better. That's all I'm gonna say. When I was in high school, I guess when Silence is Deafening came out, and that was all over Headbangers Ball for like weeks, if not months, and I loved every time it came on. So good, but I can't be that good of a fan because I did not know. They were British until we just saw them live. Yeah, neither did I. I was like, what the hell? I was like, are they messing with us? They're British? Yeah. <laughs> so what's that accent? You don't think about British death metal too yeah. often, do you? This next matchup is so weird. I don't even... Whitechapel versus Anthrax. Um, I don't even know where to go with this one. I know exactly where to go. I mean, I guess <laughs> I do too, but not the same way you're Let going. me tell you something. So the trend's been when we uh, know who we're not picking, we say something nice about them. A little memory. A little something we like. I'm going to say Scott Ann is a fucking douchebag. This makes no sense. He (laughs) plays the Dime Bash every year. I don't care. Yet you think he, like, slighted Dime Bag at some point. They did. Well, clearly clearly it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, well, now he's feeling a little remorseful because he's like, how dare I say anything about this god? When I'm just a bald-headed fuck. What, what did he say? What did he say, Vinny? I don't know. I don't exactly. Have exact because I'll it look probably it up. never happened. It's probably oh, those, no. I'll it's look one it of up. those Vinny I'll, things. I'll look it up for next for next episode. Like, Scott Ian slapped a dime bag on the butt and said it had a good show. And Vinny was like, what the fuck? You don't slap dime on the butt. <laughs> it's a slight yeah, against dime, him. Dime wouldn't mind that. He'd be like, oh, yeah. I see no situation where they... No, they had beef. And it's not even just the beef. I don't like the music. I don't like Anthrax. I fucking hated when Scott Ian 
hosted uh, Headbangers Ball. I don't uh, remember when he hosted it, though. But, I mean, I'm he sure was, he, he did. He was the in-between. And it's so weird that I love that show, and it was such a big part of my youth, all three generations. And you have Bach, you have Ian, and you had fucking Jamie Jostic. All three of them I hate. And I Bach. love that show so much. Yeah, he started it. Sebastian Bach? Mm-hmm. You talking about Ricky Rackman? I thought Sebastian Bach started it. No, it was Ricky Rackman. Are you sure? Pretty sure. All right, fine. First generation, I have no, I have no problem with. Okay. Second two, I do. Never uh, saw the one where Danzig was like trying to beat up Ricky Rackman? It's hilarious. He starts trying to ask him about the Misfits, and Danzig wasn't having it. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I didn't see that one. Um, I, I don't like Anthrax. I have... That's There's fine. not a single song I like. Well, that's fine, because I do like Anthrax. The first metal record I heard that was like, holy crap, was Fistful of Metal on vinyl in my grandparents' basement. Perfect uh, album. Yeah. Death Rider. What a what a way to start the record. I'm going Whitechapel. I know you are. They are, again, Deathcore Pioneers. Much different than uh, uh, Black Dahlia, but um, goddamn, they're first two albums were heavy as shit uh they got a little bit more uh definitely not melodic's not the right word but um uh, as catchy as deathcore can be and then more recently being able to incorporate the clean vocals and make it work which is unheard of in that subgenre and still make it heavy as fuck and fill like killing those vocals um, he's an extremely talented vocalist. White job all the way. All right. Well, I'm going Anthrax because you are silly. But no, it's a thrash. Big. What are they called? The Big Four. Right? Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. I thought they were just the big dill holes. Wow. A lot, of, <laughs> lot coming out tonight. Well, um... So yeah, Anthrax goes forward. Yes. Poo. I gotta say, I gotta say though. So on my on my way on our way back from the concert the other night, my brother and I were listening to the newest Whitechapel album. It's really good. I was I was quite enjoying that. We listened to that and the new Cattle Decapitation, which is also very good. Wow. Yeah, I always had to listen to that. It's different. It's weird, but it's it's like it's not like their regular death metal, but it's it's like a little thrashier. The only. Whitechapel album I didn't like the uh, the Saul is the Law uh, that was that was rough I I did not like that at all like the, I thought that was actually really bad but everything before and after has been great okay all right so the elite eight now in the metal has been decided we got Pantera Motorhead Lamb of God Black Dahlia Murder Slayer Cannibal Corpse Municipal Waste and Anthrax. Whew. That's a doozy going forward. Well, except for Vinny, because we know who he'll never vote for. So, mm-hmm. What do you think? We're heading, um, we're heading into the final. Well, we're heading to the I have eight. all my decisions clear-cut, made, ready to go for metal. And for horror, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of uh, inner debate. Right. I mean, look. I'm um 
I'm telling you right now, there's going to be some decisions to be made, and I don't want to make them. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to make any of them. It's going to be go time. All right. Well, what do you think? Wrap it up. Yeah, we'll see you for the Elite Eight. Yeah. Pete, thanks for being part of this again. We're going to mm-hmm. do uh, Elite Eight and Final Four all in one. Yep, yep. And then what we will do is for the championship match, we will incorporate it into another episode. A because I can't, in good conscience, give people a 10-minute episode. It's going to have to be a, a good watch today. Oh, it'll be something. We'll figure it out. It might have I, to be. Oh, I, well, go ahead, Pete. I have a, oh, I was going to say, I have a few suggestions. Uh, cool. For watch this or that. All right. Well, enjoy. Possible. The hot, hot new release of Ty West X. Oh, get on. Whatever. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, enjoy the real March Madness. Um, go Nova. Thanks. Yeah, go Nova. Go, go Cats. Until next time, I'm Jeff. He's Vinny. And he's Pete. Hey. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We are out of here. <laughs> And so long.